Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic University podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Canton III, and we are continuing our Hawkeye coverage. We're getting close to the season finale. Oh, my goodness gracious. How many more episodes? One. One more. Which is next one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're almost done. Episode five, Ronin. And that voice you hear in the background is one Jerome Chang, a.k.a. Jumby Lime, a.k.a. Free Black Dragon Roll. (laughs) Jerome, how you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. How are you? I'm good, actually, good. you know what? I'm more than good. I'm just tense as hell because this is the week that yes, Spider-Man's coming. I, it's yes, this is the out, week, and we're all on pins and needles waiting. Did you to see, go uh, see Simu Liu's um, Instagram post? And his caption was just like, "I saw it." That like stressed <laughs> me out. Like <laughs> it's stressful like, that people people have seen it. It's crazy. There are people in the it. world who've seen this movie. Exactly. One of my friends, uh, Eric Giacometti, he's uh, visiting his in-laws in Ireland. And on his Instagram story, uh, he he was clearly in the theater ready to watch because, like, I guess it's like already out there ahead in Europe. So he was watching Spidey and I had this visceral reaction. I was like, do I need to like, do I have to throw my phone away like across? (laughs) Like, I just can't. I, wait, I know he's a good guy and he wouldn't reveal anything, but it was like freaking me out. Man. Maybe they like, maybe they sent a different version to Europe. They removed all yeah. the Ireland jokes. Yeah, <laughs> they're just having just like a bunch of like pints of Guinness. That's all it is. Right there. Listen, man, Spider Man No Way Home. Boy, boy, oh boy. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that over the next week. Mm. But um, that other voice that you hear in the background is we got a first timer to the MC University pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one of my I'm, I'm just bringing a whole bunch of murphy's multiverse people to this show i'm just just you're just infiltrating like, this pod like hydra right now is what you're doing. i i know it's, <laughs> it's, it's okay kind of, we, it's kind we of spread quickly <laughs> yeah. the voice you hear is hunter radesi hunter how you doing brother dude i'm doing great i'm so excited to be here i watched the hawkeye episode twice today i've been watching Ooh. a ton of spider-man movies uh, you can't stop me. I'm just gonna keep talking about Marvel until I can't talk anymore. It's gonna be great. It's you, you, you fit right, right, right in our wheelhouse. Uh, uh, shout out to uh, producer Jake Christie who's traveling. Don't mm-hmm. worry, Jake. We got you. We, we're holding you down this week, and uh, Jake will be back with us for No Way Home next week. And uh, yeah, Ronan. Let me tell you guys, this episode what, had a lot going on. It was very, very intriguing, very interesting. Hunter, as customary, when we bring somebody new around here, we ask them general thoughts on Hawkeye so far. Before this episode, how are you receiving the series? I'm really liking it. I mean, Hawkeye has always been one of my favorites. Um, I mean, as long as I've been reading comics, I've always just been really attracted to the character. Um, I mean, I, I read the Matt Fraction comics that the show borrows so heavily from uh, as they were coming out in 2012. I remember going to the store every week to get a new comic with m- one of my best friends back home. Um, so I've been looking forward to this series and they didn't film it that far from where I used to live. So, like, I remember seeing like the trucks like down the block from my apartment and like seeing the cameras and being like, I cannot wait for this show to come out. Um and it came out, and I think so far it's kind of been everything I was hoping it would be. Um, you know, they have been telling this story on a ground level, um, which we need more of in the MCU. I feel like we haven't really seen a ton of that since, like, the Netflix shows ended. And now, like, whether or not those are canon is kind of up in the air. I'm sure that'll come up again later. And um, 
Yeah, no, I've just, I've been really liking it. I, you know, especially um, episode three with the car chase scene and all the trick arrows. Yeah. Like I've just been wanting to, I've been wanting to see Hawkeye just bust out a, a, a whole bunch of different trick arrows since he's mm-hmm. been in the MCU and they never did it. I mean, they would do it here and there, but not in the same way the show's done. How did and, the Pym arrow hit you? Oh my, dude, there was a stand-up <laughs> clap moment oh, yeah. i think it was kind of all blur my roommate I might have was shrieked in my apartment yeah, yeah. <laughs> my roommate was in his room and started yelling through the door like why are you clapping i was like you wouldn't understand you don't understand it's fine don't worry go back to sleep but um yeah the pim the pim arrow was great i think i my jaw dropped as soon as i saw it and i think i don't i don't know if this is gonna like bleed into a different cat you know what i'm gonna save this comment because i feel like this is gonna come back later and this okay. is okay general thoughts all right but, fair, um, fair, fair yeah, enough yeah, 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 i'm sure yeah, yeah. we definitely will get to it i'm no i'm, I'm glad you're digging in <laughs> yeah, we it's, are it's, too. A, it's a good amount of restraint you know shout out hunter i like we're all <laughs> thank it, you it's, i was about to just kind of go off where you can just go off about anything and yeah you know respect, so respect. <laughs> and so yeah so it, it's it's interesting like waiting to see after what we got last week with Yelena Belova's appearance in the end of episode four, we go right to her in episode mm. five. Immediately mm. off the bat, we go back to 2018. And basically, it seems like you could argue that they could have made this like another uh, post credit scene of Black Widow where <laughs> where she's, uh, you know, she's trying to be on that mission and, and free another widow. And then what ends up happening is the blip. She got blipped. My goodness gracious. What? That was a nice little surprise at the start the of the episode. Really cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I like the this, way this is the... our first because we only saw characters that would either blip away or come back, but separately and doing that mm-hmm. transition and also really giving the sense of like what it felt like for them that in real time, it was just felt like five seconds had passed. It was jarring and awesome at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. V- yeah, visually, visually it was stunning. I really loved the scene, and I love the fact that we didn't have to wait uh, for Elena. We got her right off the bat, and I feel like what this episode did really well is kind of reestablishes her um, as kind of like a central figure in what it seems to be this ground version of the MCU mm-hmm. as a as a main character to a degree, and she does a lot of just a lot of great work. Florence Pugh is just she's something else, man. She's she's absolutely something else. Um, yeah, she's got yeah, a next no, no. factor. Yeah, completely. <laughs> I mean, like, can we can we just jump straight into? Like the Haley Seinfeld scene, or are, are, are we? Oh waiting yeah, to get we there? could jump right into it we because, can. like, because, like, right, just to give some quick exposition, like after we do the after we do the blip stuff, mm. we got the title cards, and then we go to uh, basically Kate back at home with Eleanor, and they have their scene. They have a little mother daughter bonding there, but then at the same time, you get Which, the sense that, moment, like, honestly, everyone came to act in this episode mm-hmm. for sure it was impressive yeah 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 and it was big, really, yeah a yeah, big go ahead. sorry a big bulk of this episode i just i just rewatched it like right before we started this and I, I was realizing like there's been a lot of action in this series but this episode really a big bulk of it is like the conversation between kate and her mom the conversation mm-hmm. between kate and elena and then 
like the conversations that Clint has with like grills and stuff towards the end, but it's, it's mostly just people talking to each other. And yet it still flies by. It's still so engaging, but I think it's yes. a testament to like how well the show has built up the drama or at the very least how well it's made us care about these characters to a point where they could be talking about anything and we're glued to the TV. And I mean, like you said, everyone came to act. So it I was think, I think game. it's also a testament to the talent that's involved here. Yeah. Like I would watch them do the Like in lesser hands, I, like I think why I jumped so far ahead into Yelena and um, Kate having their moment together. is just Florence Pugh in that scene. Like to me, that's like, that's Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Like that's yeah. like, it's comedy, it's drama. And the way she does both so convincingly, like just transitions from one to another. And like AC, I know you had been a fan back in the day. Did you get any Killing Eve vibes in that moment? There was a little bit of that. Yeah. I do. I do completely like, if agree Kate, with you on if that. If Kate is the Sandra O character, and you know, yeah, like, I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> but like, like definitely in a lesson, like it's it's twisted in Killing Eve for sure. But like, if you needed to do the Disney Plus version of it, like I think that's the scene that you got over there. But uh, it was just, it's crazy because if you told me, you know, that we'd come off the biggest saga and like the infinity saga and you're like how are we going to carry this into like the next era and then someone's going to be like here you go we're going to put Haley steinfeld and florence Pugh, and they're we're going to sit them in a room together and you're going to watch that and be like oh we're in very good hands yeah we're they're in, so likable like ridiculously so, likable and like I give think me that-, that movie just give me that like it's you know in endgame where they have the scene where it's just like all the um women coming together and like Mm -hmm. it's a good powerful moment but definitely is one that like is very much fabricated like i had like what they i think intended with that scene in endgame i like had that feeling here where i'm just like oh let these two women run this shit like i don't give a fuck about anyone else in this and i think that these like 40 minutes of hawkeye even more so than the entire black widow movie just really solidifies florence Pugh as like the new black widow like i feel like watching oh, yeah, this i was no like question. this is this is black widow like i realize this now going forward when i hear the name black widow i'm thinking of this face and yeah so and, great and, really, and beyond the black widow mm-hmm. part like how she deconstructs how the world can view the avengers yes i wrote a note about that in my phone oh, i was so pumped yeah, about yeah. It. tell us about it hunter so good well it's not even much of a note it's just both times i watched the episode that scene and again, like you said, it's a testament to her likability and the, the fact that she can just act the crap out of anything that she's in. Mm. Um, but I think that that goes in hand with everything that this show is really trying to tell us about the MCU for the first time. And at this ground level, I mean, just the, the way the world views the Avengers is kind of weird, not weird, but like they have monuments to them. I mean, we see it in this episode that mm. they have that classic New York City like in this spot, in this year, you know, the Avengers first formed. Mm -hmm. And you see everyone idolizes them and they've been idolizing them forever. But this is the first time I think you've heard someone, someone who you believe and want to believe and whose side you're on straight up just be like- Someone that's not General Ross. (laughs) Yeah, someone who's not General Ross who you're designed to be like, all right, shut up, old man. Like, I want my superheroes kicking and punching. But like, she, someone you really care about and someone whose side you're on straight up is like, what even is it's just a word 
what does the Avengers mean? You can call anybody an Avenger. It doesn't justify their actions. It doesn't make right. them a good person. And I think that that goes hand in hand with just a lot of what we've been seeing in the world the past couple of years. Like you can call a person anything, but what does that mean? Like it, it doesn't, it does not define them. You can call people a lot of things, but it's, it's what they're doing that it really makes a difference. And Elaine is one of the first people I feel like we've seen just straight up call that out. Who's not general Ross. I remember yeah. it. I remember watching black widow and just seeing her character the character work that she that Florence Pugh was doing in that and just the way that she would talk to Natasha and and all the things that you just said. And I just love that they, it carries over so flawlessly and so easily mm. that you're still like engaged with this character from Black Widow and still get that you get that that feeling, that feeling that. You know, it's like I, a major star. Understand, like how she yeah. was by far the best part of that movie. Like not yeah. even, and um, and just how because when the Black I think a lot of people would make the point that the Black Widow movie came year wait years too late, right? Yeah. Like it, like after the fact, but it it definitely did its uh service in terms of establishing the importance of the Natasha character and. Like, I appreciate it just enough, but, like, even more so in this episode, like, to hear Yelena go, no, my sister saved the world, I'm like, like, mm-hmm. it was just... She's not like, wrong, just, either. Yeah. And she's I mean, not like, wrong. It's not, that, like, it's not have... that Clint didn't help, but, I mean, Completely. at the end of the day, Natasha's the one who literally jumped off a cliff to save humanity. Right. And I don't think people are talking about that enough. Exactly. It's crazy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um... Yeah, so it, it's killer. But like, and, and then, but to have that in that scene, like her, like having the full emotional weight of saying that, but then also be so playful and be like, it's my first time in New York. It's just <laughs> how many people can ha- like, can be that in the same scene at the same time and move effortlessly between that. Like, that's why to me, I'm like, well, that's RDJ. Like that's, yeah. yeah. That's, she's there's a, a lot of, par- she's there's a, a lot beast. of, yeah, she is. And I think there's a lot of parallels between what this, this particular scene was that she did with Haley, mm-hmm. and and I think back to Loki and Jonathan Majors and Hiddleston mm-hmm. and DiMartino, and that, and I'm gonna get to Jake's Jake's point that he wanted to make in a sec, where you yeah. have really good actors, but then you have this one actor in the scene who's just outshining everybody. So but let the, me just the crazy jump thing is like. Yeah. Like definitely the scene was built for her, like the way it's written, like it's built for Elena mm-hmm. to really shine. But I don't actually feel like Haley Steinfeld's being like outdone in the scene. Like they're both like neither of them are like smaller than the other. It's, it's the future, just like, like you said. <laughs> like they're both it's- so freaking good in this yeah. scene together. And and like, you know, we skipped over and taught, but we did talk about like Haley Steinfeld is like fantastic in her scene with her mother, like previously. Like there's they're just really good is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. And, uh, and, uh, and I'd be remiss if I didn't get to mention uh, our producer, Jake, shout out to Jake Christie. He wanted us to get this comment off and made sure that this was read quote. I have literally nothing bad to say about Haley Steinfeld. She is a great actor and a compelling screen presence. With that being said, Florence Pugh blew her so far off the screen Nearby boats had to rescue her out of the Hudson River, a la the 155 passengers aboard the famed flight 1549, piloted by Chesley Sully Sullenberger. End quote. Wow. 
<laughs> wow. I don't fully disagree. I mean, I like, I'm so happy he started that statement with nothing bad about Haley Steinfeld. Cause right. I also, I mean, maybe it's just because I'm watching Dickinson and Hawkeye at the same time, but right. um, she's so good in everything too. I like, I agree with what Jerome said, where I think that that scene was really built specifically to do the job of like, welcome Florence Pugh, your black widow. Now welcome to the MCU, like shine in this moment. So everyone mm-hmm. can see it. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, like you said, I do think the scene earlier where she's with her mom or the scenes later, this whole show so far, I mean, it's you could arguably say that even though Jeremy Renner, I think, is doing better in this show than I maybe thought that he would. Not that I yeah. thought he'd be bad, yeah. but you get my point. I, I mean, Haley Steinfeld has obviously been like the real star <laughs> of this <laughs> show since the very beginning. Um, so, yeah, I think I think Haley Steinfeld is still really great, but. Gosh, I like I do enjoy the fact that we've just been talking about Ford Pew for like 20 minutes. I mean, you kind of have to. Like, <laughs> you, yeah, you kind of have to. You don't. And I just love the way that they positioned it, where at the when she first comes in in episode four, obviously it's the cameo. So then you wonder mm-hmm. how much more of her we're going to see in this series. And they're like, OK, we're going to give you a whole thing. And on top of that, um, and I think it's safe to say now because I haven't seen one movie that I'm going to see on Friday, she kind of blows like Tom Holland out of the water with that like pseudo Spidey jump out of the window. Honestly, I don't know who did the sound design on that particular moment, but it sounded like they went for a little bit of a thwip, like going out of that. <laughs> it was, <laughs> it's yeah, it's great. Like I, I love that scene. Um, I love I love, like you said, the playfulness of it, the, the camaraderie between the two, you feel like is starting to grow a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have that moment when they first meet last episode and we instantly get more momentum towards maybe a, a future pairing that would be really fun to see them playing off each other. I think was totally I think was really cool for sure. And so th- there's obviously so much more in this episode to dive into. And I want to take a look at Clint for a second because Clint is dealing with a couple of more things now. Uh, at least for the time being, he, you know, he jettisons Kate for a little bit, but he now wants to deal with Maya head on. And we get a little bit more of the conversation that we got in episode four with Laura re- regarding how to deal with with uh, Maya in this instance. And I found uh, Laura I, I wasn't Barton's- on last week's episode. I heard you guys speculating as to who Laura could be or turn out to be. And yeah. yo, she's the ops. Like, just... <laughs> <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, like, there's something there at the very least. I mean, it's it's a proficiency that feels like it wouldn't just come from having been like married to Clint for X amount of time. Like she's right. got, she knows, she knows what she's doing. Oh yeah, most definitely. And I, and I think the, that was the most interesting thing about that conversation. She's like, she it's clear obviously they have a they have an understanding the two of them there's an implicit trust there but and there's just an also well you know what to do do what you do and (laughs) and this is more of clint in these first few episodes so far let me ask you this question just in a deep disney plus context like laura seems so competent if you had a choice between her or one tyler hayward to like run sword (laughs) I mean, geez, you already know. You already know that damn Hayward. The great Why'd powerful. you even mention him? 
I had to. I had to. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I think I think it, it, it is interesting to see how uh particularly it's continued the conversations between them. Hunter, I know that we speculate on these things constantly yeah. in the Slack chat. And so what are you thinking about Laura and her ties? Because I think two things happened in this conversation. One, you see Clint slowly start to be like, okay, instead of avoiding this, I'm going to face this. And Laura's like, I'm all for it. And I'm ready to go, yeah. whichever, however you want to handle it. What, what was your take from not only that scene, but also Laura in general? Uh, well, I'm glad that you've asked, AC, but... Um, <laughs> I teed you um, up. <laughs> uh, this yeah, might so, be the most university we've ever been at Marvel Cinematic University. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, glad I can, I'm glad I can bring this energy with me. Um, yeah, so I think something that honestly kind of surprised me about this show is just how chill Laura is with everything. Mm. I mean, not chill in that she's like, wow, I'm super pumped that this is happening, but just chill in the fact that there's such a habit in storytelling since the dawn of time of like the dude goes and he does this thing. And I, you know, he has to do this thing because he's trying to protect his family, but his family doesn't understand. And they're mad at him. And he calls mm -hmm. his wife and he says, I'm not going to be home for Christmas. And she's like, how could you not be home for Christmas? <laughs> and there's like this whole thing. And I, I think maybe I was just conditioned to expect that, but that's always my least favorite part of any story like this. It's a terrible trope. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's overdone. And I know that we've seen, I mean, since she was first introduced in Age of Ultron, like it's been known that Laura is obviously pretty cool and understanding of Clint's lifestyle. I mean, you would have to be, otherwise this marriage is not lasting as long as it has. Um, but yeah, like I've, I have been super pleasantly surprised that the route they chose to take with this character was that she is just as cool as Clint. And, and the only reason she's like not there with him is because someone has to be making sure their kids don't die. And <laughs> I like, I think <laughs> I, I really like that. I really like what they've done with Laura. And I like that they've made her, uh, she went from Clint's wife to character that is compelling enough. People are making theories that she might be mocking. It's like her we're all waiting the for the other shooting. And drop. she's, we've not seen her in this show outside of like sitting by the fireplace on her phone. And yet mm -hmm. somehow they've already made her that much more interesting. I, 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 yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. Um, that's something I've thought about a few times when watching this. Every time she comes on the screen, I'm like, is this the, t the moment when she yells at Clint for not being home for Christmas? And every time she's <laughs> like, no, nah, man, there's a black widow involved in this. Not like you should not come home. She hits, her with, hits him with, hits him with, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, yeah, I know. I was, I was. I was happy about it. All right, mm -hmm. cool. Like, Lord, get a babysitter. Come fly out here. Take, take down the tracksuit mafia or something. I don't know. It's, it's funny because, I, like, I, last weekend, I went back to Asia Ultron to the first time that the, the team goes on the farm. Mm -hmm. And then you catch this quote from Tony Stark when, when uh, everybody walks oh. in the room and sees her. And then, she, and then he goes, oh, that, that's an agent of some kind. I will say I, I, I completely I know, I know you're not doing that I know you're not I think we all learned the lesson from AC's conspiracy <laughs> theory, <laughs> theorizing uh before um it, it is fun uh to even like have that like introduce itself I I like 95 percent don't believe that that is oh yeah something no. that they thought of that far back no like, definitely not it, it like it, it just definitely comes off as more of a kind of 
like a Tony Stark quip than anything else in that moment. Yeah. Um, but all that said, like it's I mean, it's the thing that Marvel actually revels in doing where there is probably someone who was aware of that and were are like, what if we went that way? Like, what mm-hmm. if we actually took it and ran with it? And I think that's like what's so fun about it. I mean, you have like a similar situation with uh, Peter Parker being the kid in Iron Man 2 where just a bunch of fans were right. like, was that on purpose? It was like, clearly that was not the intention in 2010 when they right. were still like six years off from even having the rights to Spider-Man. But <laughs> in retroactively, like it is kind of fun to be like, why not? Why not just say that that was Peter Parker at the Stark Expo that took place in Queens anyway? So as you might as well, <laughs> you might as well. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for, for sure. And and so we get Clint with the obviously he's he's going after Maya. He's going to tell her one last time, like, yo, stay out of my way. Enough's enough. Stay off this uh, hunter. Hunter already raising his hand. Uh, I'm telling you, this is a classroom today. Like, we're so cordial. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I'm going to bring in my point uh, that I it reserved is. at the beginning. And okay. this is kind of classroomy because what oh, I'm gonna say, I'm all, I'm all ears. What I'm gonna say is, I think watching this episode, one of the thoughts that I had on multiple occasions, I almost brought this up when we were talking about Elena too. Uh, just the way this episode opens, then does the previously on, and then does the episode, and then the way this series has tackled Ronan, and where like we know there's this thing about this character, and now we're finally tackling things that people had wished they tackled in Endgame, and we're mad they didn't tackle in Endgame, and this whole thing. It's this far into the MCU, I think we're seeing it start to do the kind of storytelling that Kevin Feige always wanted it to do. And Mm. I'm not necessarily saying it's like a good or bad thing or that people have to like it or don't have to like it, but we're watching the, I mean, it's a limited series as far as we know. So this is a season of television and I don't know any other franchise that they could have a seat, an episode of a season of television take place in, like several years prior to the start of the show, reference an event that didn't happen in the show with a character who hasn't been part of the show, and everybody just knows what they're referencing, knows who the character is, can tell how it's going to play into the story, that like they didn't have to start the show with an episode where they're like, Mm -hmm. Uh, let's do a whole episode where we dedicate and explain who Ronan is and what that is and yada, 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 because everybody who watched this show watched Endgame. So we all know. And like, this is where you get to that, like those old comic books where the characters would just casually, you'd be reading Spectacular Spider-Man and they casually reference an event that happened in like a Fantastic Four comic two months ago. And then there's just that little Stan Lee box in the corner where he's like, wait, Fantastic Four 60, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and like they can do that now it like the right. mcu has reached a point where there's enough movies and tv shows and characters and storylines all happening at the same time where just a random episode of a random tv show can start talking about these events and characters and things that took place at certain points of times and they don't have to dedicate any time to explaining it like it just well, happens and well, everybody knows what it is and it's fine yeah and that was like that was just a thought i had watching this episode specifically where i was like yeah that's an insane achievement and we all just accept it like it's, it's crazy completely anyway. no i mean i think that's like <laughs> definitely what's gone now probably post first avengers movie at earliest but mm-hmm. we're just in a place now 
because like for any of those like i think ac um you had experienced like you and i have experienced it just like getting to watch some of the older comic book movies that have existed like if they're not sequels in their first movies in their series it's always an origin story but two origins always have to go on at the same time it's not just the character it's the universe that they live in right whereas now in this world as like hunter describes it is just like all these this universe is lived in everything exists there it's just it's not an origin as much as like we're pointing the spotlight in this direction now of this thing that's been there the whole time i think that shang chi is maybe like a perfect example of that completely (laughs) where it's like that movie didn't feel like an origin it just felt like this thing has been happening along with everything else and now we've just pointed the spotlight at it and that's that's how hawkeye feels too too is ant-man because ant-man gets introduced and like what is he what is like one of the big quips in the thing it's like i think we should call the avengers yeah like mm-hmm. they're, they're just no like those things didn't exist before like yeah at least like i'm like we're talking about a franchise now that has existed for over a decade but like i still it's weird it's like this one of those like pepperidge farmer members but i i just remember like a time where like even though when we had all these cartoons and of course you have the comics and everything you'd be in these places where it's just like toby mcguire spider-man right mm-hmm. technically if you're thinking about the character true to form and he's in New York, like the X-Men are there, like all these other people mm-hmm. are there. And I think they always try to get to that like finish line. So they could like with Andrew Garfield, they actually tried to build like an actual Spidey verse, but yeah, it's, it's like really crazy mm-hmm. when it's getting introduced the way it is right now, because it's like, yeah, like here, let's introduce Kate Bishop who exists with every fucking superhero that exists currently. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. that's stupid. That's just so stupid that that's a real thing. <laughs> like, it's such a privilege at this point that we're just like, yeah, you know, here's another character to add to the thing. Like, and that the whole show can just open and you're like, yeah, you remember the Battle of New York. All right, let's yeah. show it from this point of view and then move on. Like, it's, it's crazy. It's but an yes. incredibly rich roster. That's, uh, that's for sure. And they keep diving into it. Yeah, I guess my point was just, I feel like if we're going to talk about Ronan, which I still really want to do, and we should, because that's literally <laughs> yeah. the title of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. but, <laughs> but I just think I really wanted to point out before we even talked about it, just the, the fact that we can talk about it the way we're talking about it is mm-hmm. insane to me. And this episode yeah. was one of those like aha moments. Where I was like, no, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I feel like I've said this before on other shows. I think Feige is really happy to now be being able to use Disney Plus to really dive into source material and kind of mm-hmm. mix and match and play around with stuff uh, more so than he's been before. It's like when you have complete control like that, it you can kind of make it your playhouse, whatever you want to do with it. So it's been really fun to see that part of it evolve. But yeah, you mentioned Ronin and Clint does show up as Ronin to uh, have a little bit of a confrontation with Maya. And basically, he's like, listen, I'm me. Just stay out the way. Just, you know, uh, and also... Ronan seemed a lot cooler in Endgame than he... Like, Ronan for an extended amount of time. Like, I just can't escape him looking like three ninjas like just like a dude in a ninja costume just doing shit out there and like and 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 also in the kind of way because like it's not like it was a secret before that that was hawkeye 
but like now that you know it's Hawkeye, it just like now I'm serious. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's a little like, jarring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like what, what? Like um, it's uh, it's like in WWE where Finn Balor's like, I'm going demon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Just, you know? yeah. So, that's great. That's right when Sonic turns into a werewolf, and you're like, right. wait a minute, exactly. <laughs> no, no. Um, like and and it's and the thing about it is just like the Ronin side, like it doesn't enhance any of his abilities it's literally for the dramatic effect to be like it's me he could have gone and shown up there and yeah he could have gone like in the, jeans and the jacket the and be like look maya i'm ronin <laughs> like, <laughs> he does change how he fights though too it's like yeah, when he's know? got the bow and arrow and he's wearing like purple he's doing whatever, a lot more he poses comes, like yeah he does all the poses <laughs> and then just you know. that's true he puts on he puts on the ninja outfit and suddenly he's like dragging people behind vans from the shadows <laughs> you're yeah, like wait yeah, yeah. i don't know I, I, I do wish now that like the ronin story is actually like the sequel to the power rangers movie where they like get their ninja form instead and that's how he becomes ronin, <laughs> ninja rangers i think i still have a few i still have a few toys of those um back of my parents the ninja ranger toys shout, yeah, shout yeah they, i once gave away my dragon dagger which is probably the wrong call but you know they uh they never did explain why he chose ninja did they it's <laughs> Yeah, they like, just showed him in Japan in Endgame. They're like, yeah, this should do the trick. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a good point, too. <laughs> yeah, why Ronin? Where does the Ronin part come? Oh, in the comics, obviously, there's got to be an explanation to it, right? In the comics, I'm pretty sure Maya is Ronin first. And she gets okay. it because after her dad dies, she goes to Japan and she like gets involved with the hand and all this stuff. Right. And she takes the identity. And then somewhere along the way, I think... I feel like we're going to drop this episode and we're going to have a bunch of angry comments, but like, <laughs> but like, I think somewhere along the way she bumps into Clint and then Clint's like, Hey, that's a pretty neat idea. And then he, he like okay. takes the identity when she's done using it. Right. I think. Yeah. Right. I mean, my, my, I mean, my thing about the, uh, the, the Ronan thing, as far as just it overall is I have always found, um, it's easy to just make the jokes about it because mm-hmm. just generally the morality stuff that we've discussed on the show is kind For of sure. like interesting in how he's which Elena he's addresses in her scene too, yeah. which I think right. was a good job of that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I like that they they've actually and this is where I'm I'm glad that the character work is has been done throughout the show so far in terms of getting to to that place, but um just uh, Ronan generally, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that like at least they have taken it here to this point where there's a full there's more of a full like understanding of what he's uh what what he's doing in terms of just uh-huh. everything in general. Now that they have this conversation where he does mention the little tidbit that hey, an informant sent me uh the location to come get at you guys. And I think your dad was set up to get killed by me. Um, right. So obviously that has ties to uh, Mr. Kingpin. And yep. uh, also I also will say, though, Mr. like, mm-hmm. I don't like if I'm Maya, like, it's like, OK, I get that. Like, obviously <laughs> he gets away and everything, but it's just like him saying, like, Mm-hmm. I think I was set up to kill your father. Doesn't really stop me in my tracks when you still kill my father. He still says that he kills her dad. He's like, yeah, yeah. no, I did kill your dad. I just didn't like someone told me I probably should. And that was, she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was sent to kill your dad. Yeah, we all know this. 
like clearly no one no one was out here like thinking like ronan was like rogue on it like he had a specific yeah. vendetta i i think the the i don't think maya's out here is like but why did you do it it's just like, yeah that would have been a guy. much better response if he was like i i killed your dad because someone tipped me off she was like you know what okay, the right response is i don't Tony care Stark being like i don't care he killed my mom like that's yeah that's the response yeah, you're supposed that's to have true there. yeah that's true um yeah i i okay so one thing i do like getting getting slightly back on track yeah yeah because yeah. <laughs> this like, is a podcast where we definitely stay on track always yeah this is clearly <laughs> I'm, I'm getting the, the feeling that this is a very serious podcast and that mm-hmm, i should mm-hmm. we're okay. university that's academic yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so mm. i i do like one of the things the show is doing though is sh- showing just how much Clint also is really kind of ashamed of the whole Ronan thing. Like, it's yeah. not like people are coming up to him and saying, why did you do this? He was like, I don't know. It felt right in the moment. And he just like, you know, tries to bolster it. But mm-hmm. like, I think one of the emotional touchstones of the entire episode um, and maybe one of his, like his arc in the show itself is right before he puts on the Ronan outfit, when he goes to the Memorial and t- takes out his, um hearing aid and talks to nat and tells her like i am sorry because the last time he put this suit on was when she told him like you gotta stop and he knows that and you mean earlier in this show when they said who killed ronan uh he says black widow and he's not lying because as far as he's concerned she did it just wasn't the way everyone thinks it was and i I like that for him putting that suit back on even though we've established he really didn't have to it just kind of looked cool yeah. um i don't even know that it looked cool but <laughs> yeah it looks cool to yeah. jeremy renner and that's yeah, what yeah. really matters at yeah. the end of the day and um yeah i i like that for him putting that suit back on was just as painful as maya seeing him in the suit again and i i do like that they kind of tr- at least attempted to show us that he wasn't pumped about it he just felt like he needed to do it to protect his family that whole thing yeah yeah yeah, and it yeah now that and it's it's a funny way of just trying to put the focus on on uh, obviously kingpin and -hmm. hoping that maybe she goes i think like in in the back of his mind he's like yeah let me see if let me see if she just starts going at him (laughs) he was like maybe this will work i gotta deal with him myself you know what ronan could use actually ac ronan could use one roman roy to just be like you're not a murderer you're you're more of an irresponsible Oh yes! Shout out to Succession in that season finale. My goodness gracious! Because um, technically, yeah, like, Hawkeye I, and Kendall Roy are going through the exact same season arc right now. Yeah, literally, this. the depression levels yeah. and just trauma levels are that off the guy. charts. No, no, with these guys yeah. like it's just it's just kind of, it's just kind of wild to see. I think so, and that's the funny part when you think about like throughout and we go back to Laura and Clint's conversation, it's pretty clear that Clint just wants nothing to do with Kingpin and just doesn't want him to get involved in the situation because mm-hmm. clearly uh, he's a foreboding presence that, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get to see, but we also get with Maya after the fact, after Kate saves Clint from um, impending doom in that, in that little battle uh, we get Kazi and Maya and, when when uh Maya mentions to Kazi about the whole uh, informant situation, uh, Kazi does a little freeze up, like he was kind of involved. She's a in human the- lie detector. What did he think he was going to get away with? <laughs> also, he did a terrible job lying. Yeah, yeah. So I like- noticed that 
he didn't even try it. Like, she was yeah. like, why were you not there? He's like, I don't I, know. I, I did not get called. Like, all right. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? I couldn't have thought of anything else. Yeah. Anything. He was like, I was getting everybody coffee or something. I turned off notification. Like, yeah, just... he was like, ah, <laughs> like that turns out I wasn't there. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Anyway, let's go. Oh, this. you had said Saturday? I thought it was Friday. <laughs> just like... <laughs> Oh. Well, this well, this impersonation is what, what is this, Jerome? Really it's a new yeah. side thought, of you. I've never ever heard. I before. thought my tracksuit mafia was pretty good, but you're you're. Oh my god, tracksuit mafia! Just them dive. They like, had one of my talk favorite a little bit about their like run DMC. Oh, how oh, can yeah. I forget that part? That was tremendous. That was tremendous. I <laughs> thought I thought it was already great at the run DMC part, and then when they started diving into like Royal Tenenbaums, yeah, <laughs> it's like what's like, going on. And then that little bit at the end when the arrow comes to the window and he's like, ah, and then they, they read it and it is clear, so clearly a note, not for them. And then at the yeah. end, he's just like, but we are not Maya. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah like, no, yeah. we, uh, the MCU did not have enough dumb lackeys and I'm glad that no. we got them. In no, it's great. It's great. That, that was that the they one area them. Star Wars was beating them. right right and 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 that's the thing like so now mentioning maya and kazi like we're set up here for the finale whether it's a maya uh fist confrontation but it feels like there's definitely going to be a maya kazi confrontation Mm -hmm. leading into what her own series is going to be so that should be interesting to watch i definitely think it's more likely that we see maya and kazi because I mean, just in terms of storytelling, I think that that's the relationship that this show has focused on. Yeah. And that, not that even she'll kill Kazi. I mean, I do think it's sort of important to remember that she has uh, her own show coming out, which is that's correct. super dope. But yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like if there's going to be a confrontation between her and Kingpin, it would make a lot of sense for that to be like her show territory. And then in Hawkeye, she can just like, I don't know, take her anger out on Kazi instead of Clint and then sure. peace out. But, but I, I think yeah. also when you like, I have two. Well, first question I'm going to ask to both of you mm-hmm. is if you've fought Thanos, how oh scary is King? <laughs> yeah, that's, I, that's a great question. That's a great question. I sort of have an answer. Like I, I don't like I, I think the thing that like would be the short mm-hmm. answer to me would be like this one's closer to home. Right. Yeah. Like this one is more accessible, but I think like sorry, he, no, he you can go to an empty field to fight aliens. Like Kingpin will go after your family. Right. Yeah. Literally. Like, is, I think is like probably the move. But at the same time, if you have the ability to throw on your magical ninja suit and take on <laughs> everyone, <laughs> like take on the like. And so I think that's where, like, Kingpin is menacing in the Netflix series. What is he? And I, I think that's what they're trying to figure out in general with Marvel of, like, what is the grounded universe versus, like, the supernatural yeah. one. Mm-hmm. But especially when you set it up the way they're framing him to be in this series, where, like, Hawkeye is just like, oh, I don't want to deal with that guy. Like, motherfucker you just went through endgame like yeah you know like you've been through it's it a great you've point. been through it yeah Have you met like like let's not even say thanos ultron ultron yeah you yeah ultron you fought the fought a whole bunch of aliens like, Lo- I think like Loki aliens. Like, got you like yeah sorry go ahead hunter no you're okay i'm just yeah okay so i think that my i fully agree with you I think that for 
Clint in this show, Kingpin is maybe less genuinely terrifying than Thanos and Ultron and all the, you know, big bads that he's gone against and like all of Hydra and, you know, mm-hmm. all the, that fun stuff. Um, and I don't, cause when he sees Kingpin, he doesn't even seem scared. He just seems yeah. like this is a whole thing. Like yeah. now we got to deal with a whole thing. Cause yeah. like, I feel like with Thanos, there's a, a feeling of like, we are going to take this guy down right now or it's over. Like there's a sense mm-hmm. of finality and same with Ultron. It's like, we're going to stop this guy right now or it's we're the dinosaurs. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But I feel like with Kingpin, like you said, it's closer to home where yeah. Clint, especially being a street level hero, he has a family he has to protect. Um, Kingpin, you're, you can fight Kingpin and unless you murder him, which I think Clint is trying to get past that being right. part of the point of this episode. Um, that's just going to keep coming back and Kingpin will keep coming back until everything you love is dead. I.e. Yes. born again. But like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that that's like what makes Fisk so scary. And, and on top of that, whereas Thanos shows up and he has an alien army, that threat is right in front of you. Like you have yep. an alien army pouring out of a portal in the sky or his ship or wherever it's coming from. And again, there's that fight. Kingpin is more the threat that looms. Yeah, and there's nothing mm-hmm. scarier to people than the unknown. It's the same reason that Jaws scared an entire generation out of the ocean. Yeah, was like, sure, like how scary is the shark when you've seen some like giant whale? Or, I don't, I don't know. That's a terrible example, but you get the point I'm trying to make. Actually, yeah, those I, I, I would push back <laughs> on that because if, again, if I fought Thanos, I'd be like a fucking shark. Are you serious? <laughs> right, but then the thing about Thanos is Thanos is going to be right there. And- like we have a we have a world now where there's a king shark. Like <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Game, but sure. like, I yeah, I guess my point is just no, no, like, no, no. I get what you mean. Yeah, in the ocean, like the iceberg is really scary because mm-hmm. if I crash into it, I'm definitely gonna die. But I can see the iceberg um, unless I'm on the Titanic. I don't know. Is it too soon for that one? Right. But like, I can see. The <laughs> I think Titanic jokes are clear. Now. I think we're clear is on Titanic. Jokes. Yeah, that was what 1912. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, the yeah. movie was in the 90s. That's my. I think statue of limitations has been removed since <laughs> Titanic <laughs> jokes are, are cool. Yeah. On, yeah. On the Titanic we're good. Jokes. We're good. That's good. Okay, I didn't want to. I didn't want to end your podcast here now. But um, Imagine yeah, I mean, over Titanic jokes. That'd be amazing. I took you down. I took, I, took you down with my Titanic joke. I would want the I want I would want the press release to be like, <laughs> like and Marvel Cinematic University podcast did not see metaphorical iceberg ahead. Shut down due to <laughs> inappropriate Titanic jokes. But this is the shark. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, we're no, thinking about yeah, the yeah, iceberg, yeah. and the shark is this thing that we don't see that's under the water, and we're like, Completely. where is it coming from? It can just jump out. Like you can't even fight it because you don't know where it's coming at you from. Totally. And Billy and Zane is I there. Think, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Billy, Billy Zane is there. I don't know. Maybe it's like a Shark Tale situation. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Like Scorsese. Like we don't know. We don't mm-hmm. know what's happening. But oh man, that's. You get my point. It wasn't even a good For Titanic sure. joke. It, I didn't even deliver it that well. It was like... I, I love like, how we got here. I just love how we got here. Uh, yeah, I don't know, know how I, we got I, here, I think we got here. Fair. It's great. And I think... Um, and so, like, <laughs> to follow up with that, yeah. uh, because we do want to establish Kingpin as this really large, looming presence, I t- completely agree with you, Hunter. You, you don't want to blow it all on this finale. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that's that's exactly why I think he wasn't he's not been in the show. I mean, I assume he'll be in the next episode, but they wanted to establish him as a looming. Pre- if he's in episode one and then he's just like a sort of fat guy, he's not even that fat in the image that we see, but like a sort mm-hmm. of fat guy or something mm-hmm. that everyone's like, ah, like that's the big man. But we can see him. <laughs> he's like not as scary, but they want to establish him as that shark under the water that you don't even know what he looks like until it's too late until your mom is literally talking to him in the park and you're like, well, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, you know who we here. didn't even mention this whole <laughs> way through one Jack Duquesne that we need to figure out. I was literally, yeah, that's what I was getting yeah. to next because my swordless swordsman. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. I, 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 I do want to talk about this because initially when this series started and, and the cat and the casting of Tony Dalton in particular, I'm like, oh yeah, he's definitely gonna play the dude who's like very sly, but is actually like a bad. They gave dude him the mustache or, and everything. They gave him, yeah, yeah, everything, everything, <laughs> and it's like it's just perfect for Tony All-time Dalton. All time privilege line though of just like him getting hair is like I've never worked a day in my life. Like just yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Even when he's getting arrested, you still kind of are like, just, I know they're. He's not the bad guy, probably, but like I don't know. He still kind of seems like the bad guy, just the way he's like. Yeah, I, yeah. The way. You're like what? I, <laughs> so I I would let him walk if if that was a performance. Like if you would just say like, "What a charming guy." You know what? Hang there. We'll take a closer look at it. You don't have to come with us to the station. Um, yeah. You you've just been really cool about this. Yeah. I just like this is the <laughs> this is the thing, and that I'm wondering because it, it feels now that. Jack Duquesne is totally a red herring for yeah. Eleanor mm-hmm. and mm. whatever whatever uh, her role entails going forward. Now, earlier today, Hunter, I saw you throw out the throw <laughs> out the theory about a about a certain madam that, um, uh, that Eleanor. Was me. Yeah, I was having a little bit of fun in our Slack chat, just throwing <laughs> ideas out there that like maybe they put Jack Duquesne in there. And made him this big red herring where they made him look so much like the swordsman. They gave him the big evil mustache and they made him, you know, they kept bringing his name up in ties with the bad guys and yada, yada, yada. And everyone is like, wow, they're doing a really bad job of making it seem like this guy's not evil because it really seems like he's evil. Mm. Um, And I was just thinking, I kind of had a feeling Eleanor was going to be behind something this whole time. And so my thought was maybe... He's the distraction, and then the rug that they pull out from underneath us is that Eleanor is the bad guy, which I guess we kind of find out in this episode. But the the theory, uh, the fun theory in, in the same amount of credibility I'll give it as Laura being Mockingbird was that mm. uh, Eleanor becomes some version of Madame Mask. Just because for me, you know, she has like the criminal ties. She's like a wealthy socialite. Um, Who's a lot Madame of- Mask? Just like for the uninitiated, ah. in, including me. Ah, <laughs> So for the uninitiated, um, my I have a, I mean I, I'm not a Madame Masca expert by any means, mm-hmm. but the the general breakdown is that she's the daughter of Count Nefaria. Although I'm not sure the MCU would do that, and the reason Count Nefaria is a big deal is because he is the leader or has been the leader of the Magia, which is kind of like the supervillain version of the Mafia. If you couldn't okay. figure that out from the name, and um, <laughs> the Magia just sounds like what it's Laura just two Gs instead mafia. of an F. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And so she is sort of this like crime boss in the same vein that like Kingpin and Hammerhead and all of them are sort of mm. crime bosses. But her whole thing is that she 
looks like she might be this like beautiful vixen and she wears like the beautiful dresses and like the tight clothes and that's how they always draw her but she's always wearing this really shiny golden mask which is obviously how she gets the name madam mask with q u e to make it extra fancy right and then whenever she takes the mask off you find out that she had this horrible accident i think in the comics it was like a plane crash but it might have been retconned by now um and when you take the mask off she's like horribly scarred and that's why she always has the mask on and she there's this whole uh in the actual matt fraction comics that this show is borrowing so heavily from um she has quite a few run-ins with kate and quint and there's this whole issue uh in like the second volume of that series where she has a tape proving that or supposedly is trying to get a tape proving that quint like assassinated some politician and it'd be really bad. So then Kate goes and tries to stop her. And then it becomes, it unfolds into this whole big larger scheme as it often does. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she's, she's pretty cool. They kind of sort of adapted her on agent Carter. He said her father is count Chocula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's Madam, Madam Chocolate. Um, right. cool. No, she, <laughs> her count Nefaria. Who count is, Nefaria thank like you. a really fancy name for a guy who's not like, that he's not a vampire. I honestly I'll, throw these jokes in just to throw AC off the game. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, I guess I didn't explain that. I did kind no, of no, drop no, no, the no, name. You were good. No, you were totally situation. fine. That's just I, really that makes perfect sense. Um, <laughs> I dropped the name Count Nefaria and ran with it. I was like, yeah, that makes sense to everybody. And then I kept going. But um, no, but that, yeah. honestly, like the way you describe her story, like it also just makes sense because a lot of the season, in a very general sense is kind of the unraveling or like the exposing of Hawkeye, like from so yeah. many different angles, right? Yeah. And really the last thing that has not really dropped yet is anything from Eleanor's perspective. Um, yeah. And Which seems like we're going to get clear that clear she has files. She has access. She knows. Yeah. And she also hired Yelena to kill. Yeah. Hawkeye, which like that and, part I'm still trying to figure out like parse through because yeah, I was thinking about that too, Jerome. Because now like I'm wondering if if she called Fisk and Fisk called Val, and right. what is the connection? Yeah, I want to see what that connection is and where this goes back to that shark thing, pecking... right? Or like, right. how the heck does Fisk even know Val? How is Val connected to Fisk? You're telling me if I have set Fisk that. Vale, who has connections to the U.S. Asian and the best Black Widow in the world, could send both of them after me at the same like. This is what this is. Yeah. Anyway, continue. <laughs> no, that's what <laughs> I'm saying. Right, right. Like figuring out the pecking order aspect of Kingpin's this is really is going to be really yeah. fun. Yeah. As as uh, we get to not only the finale but whatever the setup is going forward in a lot of iterations of what this is going to look like, because obviously we know that Val's a big player. And mm-hmm. then just the involvement of Fisk, that makes it doubly interesting. And then we get to see that Eleanor is a credible player in this. And I want to see how that how that plays out in the finale. And um, yeah, the, just one last thing on the Jack thing, because no, the, the way he got arrested was it was so, it was so funny. It was just it was. Oh, it's just so great. It, it just, oh, don't worry. Everything's going to be all right. Uh, I'll see you <laughs> later for the And that was his scene. only scene in the whole episode. He's just like, ah, oh, this is hilarious. And then he yeah. dips with the cops. Right? It's right, just right, another right. testament to, um, I think, something Jerome said earlier about this cast and how in a lot of ways this cast kind of, even 
in times where you would say that the writing is spotty, like just the, I think there's just so much screen presence from yeah. a lot of these different actors is that just it makes everything work in a way that maybe in, with some others it wouldn't. So yeah. that's why I've enjoyed it to this point. So so now we get we we get to the end and obviously we get to that uh that bit that that the uh, big reveal with with uh Kate and obviously Elena is, is trailing Eleanor and then obviously she takes a video of <laughs> she takes a video of Eleanor and Fisk which is it a I video thought, or just like I, a really this was the grainy one photo? Issue. It, had, it had the play button on it so it has to be a video right why didn't they play right. the video for us <laughs> also like usually oh no I guess I would have it be on your phone because like the way it looked I was just like. Did Yelena tweet it and share the tweet with them? Like, what is going on? <laughs> Yelena's on Twitter, like, yo, yeah. she's actually the worst Black Widow. This Anyone summer. know who this is? Like, just yeah. <laughs> I was, I was just about to say this. So when I saw when I saw this the end of it, the way Bishop. <laughs> when I saw the when I saw the way that the, that video looked on the uh-huh. phone, I was like, yo, Yelena, you need a new phone, yo. Right. Like Val. She definitely has enough years. money. She did get one for five years. Her phone is from probably seven years ago. Right. I feel like we should cut her a little bit of slack. I think <laughs> the Motorola Razor is cool, personally. I <laughs> don't, but you know, all respect to Florence Pugh yeah. and all of the tools she uses to perform with. So I. I mean, she's making yeah, like, she's making chicken salad. You know, she's making mm. chicken salad in that instance. But yeah, I think <laughs> this was the one thing where I thought the show did not get um, the idea of when you do the reveal of Vincent D'Onofrio and Wilson Fisk as big as his character is. I don't need to see a, a grainy photo of him on a video yeah. with the play button. That's just that, not that how leads, you should do that. That leads directly into the very hard raging opening of the Grinch. <laughs> I, I love the sound drop. The sound drop. No, it was great. Oh, yeah, um, the music and the credits are great. I, love I mean, that. I think that's also a scenario. Like, I think the difficult part about that is like, at least for people on this call, like I watched with two of my friends who didn't know anything about Kingpin showing up and they were legitimately shocked. So yep. I think. I think okay. AC, I, I agree with your point about like the drop feeling underwhelming, but I think it's also difficult to watch these things like this specific moment through right. our lens yeah. because we just either through speculation or full on knowing. We right. know we, he's we had it's idea. just a matter of when. Yeah, right? I wonder if that's a part. And, yeah, because and I, so um... like he can't do like the Y2J Chris Jericho entrance like with the countdown <laughs> and everything. So you know, I agree. It, with you. Like I, I think I think that has to be at least like factored in. I think there were rumors for a long time that he was going to be in the show. And I think that people going into the show expecting to see him at some point made it feel underwhelming. But had we known absolutely nothing, that little seat, that that little grainy photo that we got with the name Vincent D'Onofrio in the credits would have been enough to like blow our minds. That would have been the only thing we were talking about on this podcast. We would not have even talked about anything else. We've been like, this is insane. No, yeah. no, absolutely. I can, I can re-edit the scene for you and like maybe like when it shows it, like I'll just have like break the walls down and then maybe that'll get you a little more amped about the can moment. You, like really poorly. <laughs> I think you could do no, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think you could definitely do that. With the countdown. So yeah, no, definitely <laughs> you have to do the Y2J theme with the countdown. It has, yeah, like, the whole they thing just hit has. play and it's just like like a 10 second countdown. Yes, yes, yes. Jerry is like, it's the I millennium. Want the, <laughs> I want all the pomp and circumstance for that. Yeah. 
<laughs> although, yeah, man. although they could have done yeah. that organically with like an extra text from Yelena where she's like, hold on, I want to make this dramatic. Like, hold on, yeah, I, want yeah, to make yeah. the, I want to make dramatic for you. And then like yeah, it yeah. becomes like a whole, because I feel like that would have been in line with her making box mac and cheese while she's delivering. Really How have we not have done a full episode in tracksuits with terrible accents? I'm actually disappointed in us. I, <laughs> they should cast, I would do it. I'm right here. Like even like I don't, I, I, <laughs> this podcast is most like sometimes we use video, but I wouldn't get mine like releasing one video episode. That probably gets us canceled that way. Just like a bunch of dudes in tracksuits trying to do <laughs> doing Russian accents. Yeah, yeah, I don't think you can get canceled over Russian accents. Yeah, can you get canceled over Russian? I don't. I don't think you it's. Can get canceled I mean, we'll see that accents. episode in deep dive for a Patreon. <laughs> yes, yes, that sounds like that sounds like a good idea. Um, uh, before. Yeah. Before we wrap up, I, I, I do want to kind of get the as we head into this finale, mm-hmm. which um, should be interesting. And there's a lot of there's a lot of plot threads to figure out. We have obviously uh, Clint versus Yelena, which is going to be a thing. Uh, we have where Fisk. does this series exist? I mean, like maybe we just don't know the answer, period. Um, so, OK, I won't <laughs> ask it as a question. I'll just ask like more as like, yeah, speculating. Do you think there is any chance, based on how these things have come out, that there would be any level of overlap between what's happening here and what we're about to watch on Friday? Yeah. <laughs> I think... I, I mean, like, I, and, and, you know, like, we won't spoil things. Because, like, obviously there are particular rumors <laughs> that we know about characters that could show up. And, like, mm. yeah, we got King... Like, they're just... It's all in New York, right? They're just things. How? So I know that it seems like what we're about to watch on Friday, just based on what happens in it, mm-hmm. would have to be like directly after Far From Home. And Far From Home didn't, doesn't Far From, I don't remember how long it is. I think they state how long it's been. So Far From Home, okay, so just to kind of uh, set the time stuff. So mm-hmm. far from home is set like a couple of months after yeah. Endgame. Right. It's a couple yeah. of months after Endgame, and No Way Home would have to be like right after it because it's not. Yeah, it it's not right going to jump after, like two years. But I think there's going but to they be might a, do time a jump, jump from the point of yeah, from the time yeah. that Peter obviously uh, his it, identity yeah. is out there, and then from the time that he not only deals with the police but then has to use a strange spell for whatever. Right, right, right. Yada yada. And so I forth. know they've been throwing a lot of like time around because I know that Falcon the Winter Soldier is like further out from Endgame than it Far is. From Home was, and right. it's yes. like it's, it's like a year or two, isn't it? Same yeah. with Wandavision or something mm-hmm. like that. Wandavision, I think, is I want to say it's. Oh, like, it's actually very close. I take that back. Wandavision. Wandavision is a few weeks. Yeah. Right. Wandavision yeah, yeah, yeah. is a few weeks. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I, if I remember correctly, I want to say it's like eight months. Yeah, eight months. I, I think if anything, one thing that we're going to yeah. get answered is like No Way Home is probably going to help us connect where all of these things are. Like it's going to kind of like set pieces or like at least bit, like give us like that relative standing. But no, the only reason I ask is because like mm-hmm. AC, it sounds like you're going into season finale talk, and it's just like, do we? Do you have to watch No Way Home ahead of the season finale as well? Is going to be a question. Well, you know, I don't think so. But... I mean, I don't think so. But there's obviously one specific character. If they kept that a surprise to show mm-hmm. up in Hawkeye, that would be okay. That would be insane. If they managed We're... to keep that a surprise on top of everything that's leaked, I would be wild. I would be 
shocked. If we're to because the way that could be a great photo. These leaks, boy. Let me tell you, boy. Um, as um, as the, as the head honcho Charles said the other day, is it's the wild west of Marvel wild, Studios wild right mm. now. They they just they just let people just letting things fly. But <laughs> uh, nonetheless, like. If we do see, if we do see as, and I mean, we've talked about it on this show a bunch of times, but we do see Charlie Cox yeah. um, in No Way Home, assuming that we do, then I think it makes me wonder. We get Fisk, we get Murdoch. Yeah. Or, uh, how long until we get that yeah. reunion at well, some point? I, so I think I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind a version that's really poor writing. That is just literally <laughs> the end of the episode. It's like, what do we do about Fisk? And then this guy's like, I think I can help. <laughs> yeah, he just like shows up. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it was a surprise, this like could it. be a grainy photo situation. Like, right, it could right. it could be a grainy photo. We would still lose it. But I actually, I, think to- I, I would take that if it only Yelena's like, oh, I have another photo. And she just swipes to the next one. It's just Matt Murdock. It's not even like, like why is this? Nelson. Why is this photo so? Why is this such a terrible photo? And she's like, oh, there was this guy named Matt. I let him take it. And yeah. Anyway. Um, yes. Or or it's just Karen, and then she like it's makes Karen. a joke. It's like I know it has another meaning, Karen, and then that's just it. Yeah, then then lets it lie. But I think to answer uh, your your general statement that wasn't a question <laughs> um, was, I think that, that just depends on how much. Assuming Matt Murdock and it's Charlie Cox is in No Way Home, I think it just mm. depends on how much he's in it. Because if he's in one yeah. seat and he's just like. A, like a lawyer meeting with the family or something like that, then like, I don't think that matters as much, but if no. he's going to be zipping around as daredevil and having full on conversations with Spider-Man about his past and the people. He's faced, <laughs> right. Now there's this really crazy guy named Wilson Fisk and he kind of destroyed my whole life. And then I like <laughs> beat him up in his penthouse and yelled at him a lot. Mm. Like, I think that's a that's a whole different thing. But and then Fist just comes in of nowhere and no way home, just like Vanessa, and then just yeah, like Vanessa. walks off. <laughs> and then he he just like wipes out all five other villains. Oh, and that's, yeah. that's the end. Yeah, I I don't. And then Electra think... shows up and we're underwhelmed again. Yeah, like that's what. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't think that it's gonna be honest. Honest to God, I I think there's too many things already happening in No Way Home for sure. for, for yeah, it to so also many. be like. Yeah, we we get the entire backstory on Fisk, and you should watch this movie before the next episode of <laughs> Hawkeye. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no I I don't think, I and I don't think any of that really does happen. But just like it is interesting that I guess, like in the sense that thought. obviously yeah. these are things that exist. Like again, this is a lived-in universe, right? Yeah. And so things are happening together. at the same time. It's just a matter of like actually lining up, like exactly, like how much in the same way. So yeah. Okay, so one more thing before we go, and I'll ask each of you this, and then maybe I'll give uh, I'll give my own. What is one thing in this Hawkeye finale that you want to see? Uh, Jerome, I'll start with you. <laughs> if you can pick one, um, I, the for, the media answer was really Kingpin going Vanessa. <laughs> 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 um, uh, no, I think I think I want to come out of this. Uh, hmm. hmm, good question. Um, it really is planting seeds as to where we're going next. It's, it's weird that I'm not really looking for a payoff in this because like, Mm -hmm. I've been really looking at, especially the Disney plus series. Like I just, I think when I think about a limited series, I think it needs to have like an arc that like begins and ends, but like 
mostly most of the time that's true because we like went into a whole thing about how these are like part of a universe so really this Mm -hmm. is just a chapter right and i already got everything i need out of hawkeye that i don't at all care what happens in the end here like i got really cool hawkeye moments trick arrows i got that yelena um kate bishop scene like what more do i need out of this like it kind of knows what direction it's going in it just needs to like plant a few more seeds so we can like branch off into the other properties and move forward. Um, so coming out of it, uh, I mean, it's very silly, but I just want a cool, fun, like new costume moment. That's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very Which seems like we might get that. And we are. Gonna, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah, Cause that. I mean, the, yeah. they've talked about costumes the whole show and the Disney plus advertisement is them and the costumes they've been talking about the whole show and they haven't been in any you know other what? episode. In fairness, I'll give you this. Uh, I want something more for Echo. <laughs> Ah, okay. Very good. Okay, that's yes. that's interesting. I, I Hunter, think Echo, I, Echo kind of felt uh, like back a bit it, with like all the new pieces introduced. Yeah, yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. How about you, Hunter? Um, I think I uh, agree with Jerome a lot. Where I think, I think when the Disney Plus show started, uh, just like he was saying, I think a lot of us thought they were going to have like a clear cut ending where all of the plot lines are wrapped up blah 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 but like we've been talking about that's not really the case and again like you we can talk about whether or not that's a good or bad thing all day but that i think we just have to accept that seems to be what it is so Mm -hmm. i think expecting anything else or expecting every single plot line to be wrapped up in the next Mm -hmm. 40 minutes of footage is a little unrealistic so i i think kind of in the same vein um obviously i want i want the cool not fan servicey moments, but like like the suit moments, and I'd like to yeah. see Echo be Echo a little bit more and do some cool things and, and whatnot. Um, and I would also like more trick arrows and stuff. I think ultimately, I just don't want the show to betray itself in the last the last stretch. That's a really think, good point. Yeah, I think that was my. If anything, like all the stuff that you're asking us, like in terms of like what we expect out of it, I think applying expectation to the finale will ruin the point of what we've been yeah. seeing so far. And I, and I, uh, yeah, exactly. And I think that really all I'm hoping for is that next week when I turn the episode on and it finishes, I want the episode to finish. And no matter what happened in the story, I still want to feel that same feeling of enjoyment that the rest of the show has given me. I don't want, and I, I, I really like, I love WandaVision and I, I loved, I think I maybe even liked the way it ended more than some people did. I know it's like Mm -hmm. a very controversial point, but I, I think my biggest issue with the way it ended was it felt like the whole show was one thing. And then the last episode was like a different thing, which was fine. I mean, it's classic Marvel. Marvel is bad at nailing the landing. Yeah. And it, it, I guess it kind of betrayed itself organically, if that makes any sense. But I just, I don't want to go into the last episode of Hawkeye and have everything that I really liked about the first five episodes be missing so that they can shoehorn in like a whole bunch of stuff. Like yeah. if, if they don't wrap up all the plot lines, but it still felt as simple and natural as the first five episodes it felt. And I had just as much fun with it. And there were trick arrows and cool costume moments. And they did jumps and punches, and kicks, and someone screamed Vanessa or whatever. And like that, that was what we got from it. I would be perfectly content. And I would say onto the next thing. Like we can In some analyze ways, this, whatever, like, but it's not a big ending, but like this could have been the finale. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously, been, there's. Yeah, that wouldn't have been bad. I think that if this was a sh- like a show that we knew was going to have more than one season and they had said, yeah. oh, okay, we're going to do season two, like this episode could have been 
a season one finale. I mean, it wouldn't have been an extravagant one, but it could have been because it leaves mm-hmm. off just enough. But I, I honestly, whether this is a limited series or not, I kind of expect next week's episode to feel like a season one finale more so than it does a series finale. I would and happen to even, agree with you. And even if there is no like season two, again, like it, it seems to be a limited series. Like, I think that that's just what all of these shows have been is they end and it feels like a season finale more than a series finale. And it feels like a season finale because everybody knows unless the character died or something, we're going to see them again in like two or three projects. You know what well, I'm saying? I think that's a thing. Like it's, it is, everything is a season finale, but the series is the MCU. It's not their yeah. series. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. So I, I'm, I'm expecting, I'm expecting a lot of, of people to be expecting it to be a series finale and be let down by some things not being solved, but I just don't want it. I don't want it to feel like a different show. I just, I want it to be the Hawkeye show that I've really been loving. And as long as it's that, I think I'll be okay with it. I happen right. to agree with both of you on both of those points. Uh, Cause I, I'm just really just digging the show and just the general vibe of the show. Yeah. Um, in that sometimes simplicity is, is better it's a nice too complicated break i mean you look at every other marvel project happening at the moment and it's like you have i mean this even spider-man who's not necessarily supposed to be the street level superhero but who is more so street level than all of the other projects that are happening his movie is still a big multiverse movie and then you have multiverse of madness coming out like mm. Shang-Chi was still like pretty big scale in terms of just like the whole history of the MCU and the 10 rings and everything. Long and involved, then all that stuff. Yeah. Full on involved. And then you have Loki, which is like crazy timelines and then yada, 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 or like huge government agencies. I feel like it's just, it's been a really long time since it felt like we kind of could hit the brakes and Hawkeye just seems to be a show. That's just, it's just fun to be fun. And I think that's really nice sometimes. And uh, yeah. 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 And I, I'm, I just want, I want it to be that. I'm, I'm really hoping for it. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a great scale down. Um, I've really enjoyed just generally how this show has gone. And I'd say the one thing I want to see. Oh, okay, I'm going to do an honorable mention because I, I it's been on Please my do. mind the because I, I just remembered it now. Um, <laughs> I want to know who owns the damn watch like that. Yeah. Like that's that's my honorable mention. Who owns the damn watch? And, right, that's know, what I want to know. And I'll say that that's a bit of a, a pitfall of these shows as well, is there's always like that one side comment that becomes a recurring side comment mm-hmm. that I feel like nine times out of 10 doesn't end up having the payoff we think it's going to have. And I'm still trying to figure out if that's the show's fault or ours, because mm. I feel like the that's show a, that's yeah. a really good point. Because I feel yeah. like the show doesn't necessarily say the owner of this watch is like a major Marvel comic book character and you're going to be really excited when you find <laughs> out. That's just us as fans like yeah. assuming it's going to be something like that. And then when it's not, even if it doesn't derail the story in any way, we all get really mad. And um, I, I think, though, that also is like what Marvel wants. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they want to keep us yeah. talking. Yeah, but the yeah. Free spe- yeah, the free speculation. But I've, but, um, I've been burned enough times. I'm not. I'm, my hopes aren't super high for the watch <laughs> <laughs> at the moment. And that and that's fair too. I mean, even at this point, I, I just kind of just I just want to know for the sake of knowing. But but I think it's my a main teleporter. Thing, it it really like Tommy the Green Ranger is the last like final. <laughs> that would be good. like he be goes to Ronan's. Like you think you have a cool costume, and then he morphs, and then like that's how we end the series. It's pretty cool oh, actually. Man. 
Yeah. My good, I I kind of like I kind of like that idea, but yeah. <laughs> I think I think the the thing that I do want to see really is I want to see this Eleanor Fisk and how that relates to Val and what is that what is that whole connection because this is the this is the setup for what all of these stories are going to be. We just need then, Eleanor to go Agatha all all along on this you know like yeah yeah yeah. that and then because like the way that we have her set up and then obviously fisk set up and i mean we've heard both holland and d'onofrio both say it they want to get involved with each other they want to they want to fight (laughs) they want spider-man and and kingpin to go at it so just anything leading leading in that direction very Um, small bit just because like okay we've introduced kingpin Yes. And Kingpin will show up in some capacity in the next episode. I don't think he's going to be completely absent. He's not going to do a DMP rest. So, yeah, they definitely did D'Onofrio for really... a granny pick and then like a slight laugh in his hand. Like he's, right. in, I'm exactly. going to say he's in the yeah. episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you guys want him translated into the MCU? I feel I like the a... Netflix. I... I feel like i'll say this like do, do you like want anything the, yeah i guess like starting from there like starting because we have him in the netflix like is there anything that you want to add or adjust to the netflix kingpin as he gets introduced into the mcu version because like when you talk left. about him fighting like spider-man uh-huh. like that's right. way different than him fighting daredevil mm-hmm. like daredevil oh, yeah. like and we just um uh, like Howard Bryant kind of broke it down for us in terms of just like the way Daredevil fights and like how much it like it goes against what he likes about the character. And so and like I think Daredevil is probably gonna get a pretty considerable like facelift in terms of just like that element of it. Yeah. So like for Kingpin to fight Spider-Man in and like the MCU Spider-Man, he has to be more than whatever the Netflix version is of him. Mm-hmm. And like I think it's a mix of obviously just like his cunning and like his reach and network kind of similar to like what you're saying, like in how he affects Hawkeye, like he is a looming presence and that's actually what his like real threat is. But, you know, if they're going toe to toe, like something has to be a little different. And like, when you think about the comics and everything, he's just like this gigantic person. Uh-huh. So like, what I mean, he'd be handing it to Spider-Man in the, not only the books, but the animated series. I was just going to say, exactly. there's, there's a moment I would say, Anthony, again, so glad that you've set this up. Um, yeah, no, I, I was, I was thinking of a moment specifically from Spider-Man, the animated series, uh, which I love and grew up with. And that was actually my first ever exposure to Kingpin was, was that show. Um, I would be okay if the MC, if the MCU version of Kingpin isn't the Netflix one, if they're going to say the Netflix timeline is like a variant timeline and this guy's Mm -hmm. real similar, but there are some differences. I'm okay with him being like a little bit more the cartoonish cartoony? yeah yes. not not like less threatening but just more willing to do and say some things that it's like if he's fighting spider-man the scene i'm thinking of is this might have been in the daredevil crossover episode but it's when he like bear hugs spider-man and spider-man's mm. like i can't get out and he's like i hug like i have the strength of 10 men and that's like the right. whole thing like not that i think that they're gonna give vincent d'onofrio the strength of 10 men but just something like a little cartoonier along those lines. If, if it's, yeah. if his big dramatic speeches are a little bit less like Vanessa and a little bit more like, yeah, a little, I mean, Denario is the perfect character yeah. to be that kind of character. Anyway, you just have yeah. to make those kind of changes. Yeah. If it, if it's more strength of 10 men, 
type of dialogue every now and again, especially if he's going up against someone like Spider-Man who's going to be quipping at him or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he has to have that to fit in with that universe. And I'm, I'm okay with it. I'm not saying make him a joke machine. I'm just saying no, that, like, no. if he can be a bit more of like a cartoon villain than the Netflix version was, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah, and I, I think D'Onofrio really can like sell that. it and make it scary. I really do. Yeah, I like that. I think the I think another thing that you mentioned in terms of quips, like I remember in the animated series, he even goes like, because when when people are shocked that when they fight him, like, oh, he's like he's fat or he's big, he even mm-hmm. goes like, you know, my 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 body fat is like at like five percent or something like that. Yeah, right? like it's all he muscle. even says as such, and yeah. just like little stuff like that, I, I would like to I would like to see stuff. Like I'm okay that. with that. Yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, I'm kind of with that. How about you, Rome? Anything further? Um, no. Well, I mean, like that's definitely the big question for me. And like, I, I too watch the um animated series, and just like, like so for me, my frame of reference when I entered into like the Netflix, now I'm just like, this Kingpin has like no fun whatsoever. Like really good characterization, <laughs> but he's having zero very tortured. Fun. He's super tortured, just Vanessa. And so, (laughs) um, I, I, so, and like to enter into, especially like versus a Spider Man and a Spider Universe, and definitely like kind of closer to like whatever Sony is going to want to do. Like, obviously, we're going to be able to talk about this in far more detail next week and like have a good frame of reference to work off of. But entirely, like, uh, it is an opportunity for his character for the daredevil character which like whatever rumors like we don't know exactly when he's gonna show he's gonna show up we know that so like we can at least talk about it in that sense so uh and i'm i'm excited for both to like really kind of sink their teeth in because i think part of the lived in uh the benefit of this lived in situation that we have right now too and uh a thing that you know early marvel and definitely i think a product of the christopher nolan approach to comic book movies is we don't give a fuck about how grounded it feels Mm -hmm. yeah like we're back to being more like comics and i love that shit like just i I don't i like give me yellow spandex wolverine when he like gets the show because at this point why not the mcu has not given us any reason to not have that completely you know everything is believable right yeah everything Yeah, I would, I would even believe yeah. if Fish showed up and he had that like cart like that British accent that he had in the animated series. For no I was about to say, <laughs> and he just showed up. <laughs> or even so if he, weird, like he just showed yeah. up. He has like a really thick Godfather accent. Like I would be okay with that. Yeah, it, <laughs> it would it, be amazing. Just, he's he's dubbed by Tony Dalton. Actually, he's <laughs> dubbed by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would be so much fun, yeah. uh, guys. This has been this has been really fun. Uh, Obviously, you know, just, you know, expressing the sentiments of everybody on this call. We're beyond excited, not only for the finale of Hawkeye, but obviously Spider-Man No Way Home is coming. Mm -hmm. Um, By this time next week, everybody will have seen it. We'll Mm -hmm. we'll definitely cover it on the show. But um, before we go, Hunter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having Uh, me. I had so much fun. Great. (laughs) Yeah, man. Appreciate. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. Uh, Give us the follows. Let us know what you've done. You've been doing a lot of stuff for Murphy's Multiverse as of late. So hit us with everything. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm basically I'm H for DC 14 on basically everything, which is just H for Hunter and then Radisi, my last name, R-A-D-E-S-I. Um, 
And yeah, I have been going full steam ahead at Murphy's Multiverse. Um, I mean, first and foremost, I write a lot of news articles. I've been writing a lot of features. I just wrote one today that hopefully drops soon. Um, but I've also been doing a lot of going to press screenings and yes. writing movie reviews. Uh, just yesterday, my review of The King's Man dropped. So go read that. Uh, if you want to find out nice. whether or not I like that movie, and I won't <laughs> tell you, so you go read it. Um, <laughs> but I've also been doing a lot of cool Zoom interviews with some celebrities. Nice. Uh, the other day, I got to, for The King's Man, I got to talk to uh, Jaiman Huntsu and um, Reese Evans. And I got to ask Reese about Lizard in No Way Home, which was like bucket list, check mark. It was great. Uh, so mm -hmm. yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff like that. All of the, all of that work that I've been doing is over on uh, Murphy's Multiverse. So go check out the website. Um, or Very cool. Follow me on Twitter, please. I tweet a lot about basically all the things we've been talking about here today, and I shamelessly self promote all of the time. So if I do anything, <laughs> oh, so you fit right in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I really am all about myself. Um, this is not a Zoom call we're on. It's just a virtual mirror. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, so my, my Instagram as well. I post a lot of stuff like I'm on my story and I put links in my bio for things. Nice. Uh, awesome, yeah. man. Thank, thank you again for joining us. Uh, Jerome Chang, give us uh, everything. Yeah, you can follow me uh, on Instagram at Black Dragon Roll, on Twitter at Jumby Lime. I will not be on Twitter until at least Friday because I just don't trust anything at this point. You cannot. Uh, I will be on Twitter I, because I, I'm I just refuse to. I think um, Instagram, at least the people I follow, I feel pretty safe on. And mm -hmm. TikTok, actually, they seem to be on like more often than not like on good behavior so like shout out TikTok. stay but... away from youtube if you're listening yeah. to this on thursday stay away from youtube it's i am not gonna today. go to that like there's just so many places like if, if anything just protect yourself from the awful thumbnail spot, art i will yes. just like look away from the tv spot like yeah. even like maybe mute the screen i just i don't need any more just give me the movie now yeah yes yeah. ready absolutely and of course you can follow me on twitter at anthony canton underscore three Follow the show at MC University Pod. We have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash MC University Pod, where when, by the time you're hearing this Thursday night, the No Way Home channel will be live. There will be a bunch of people who have seen the movie by that time. I guess Me I won't be going to Patreon them. either until like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I be one of them. So if, yeah. if obviously if you're a patron and you're seeing the movie Thursday, uh, Thursday night, a bunch of us are going to be chatting about it. Uh, should be fun, and we'll be chatting about it throughout the weekend. So, mm -hmm. obviously, check that out and support that. And yeah, we got next up is the No Way Home pod, which will be out next Tuesday. So, looking forward to talking about No Way Home. And man, we're, we we've have arrived. We have arrived at this movie that we've been waiting for for so very long, and um, it'll be a pleasure to not only watch it but be able to talk about it with everybody and and um i hope everybody enjoys it so for hunter radici jerome chang i am anthony Kant on the third this has been marvel cinematic university and we will talk to you next time